but I guess bounce could mean a couple different things. Yeah. Welcome back to another intro of Stephen Destroy. Um, we just want to thank you guys for listening. We want to thank Talk Film Society for welcoming us into their open, loving arms, um, showering us with gifts and affection. Yeah, it's um, been a little overwhelming. It has. And we just want to give back to them by um, making you guys give back. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety, um, you can show them how much we love them on our behalf. Yeah. Um, we're, we're incapable of doing it ourselves. We are. Yeah. Um, we are both in some financial trouble yeah. that we aren't allowed to disclose at this time due to impeding lawsuits. Yeah. Um, but we are able to see the iTunes reviews. <laughs> <laughs> which let me tell you right now worth so much more than money could buy absolutely um, although i god i wish they would provide some money yes iTunes reviews but but you know if every five star review was a nickel um you would be giving us a nickel when you leave those beautiful reviews um they don't take the bad ones so you can email us at steven destroy podcast at gmail.com with whatever you want um nothing grody but send us everything else that you'd like, um, and we will read the good reviews and the good feedback on the show. Mm-hmm. We'll answer questions. I would love to get some questions. Please send us the questions. Yeah, for real. Um, you can do it on social media that we certainly have, and um, I know you can find because you know we have a smart audience. Yeah. And um, the highest IQ of any audience anywhere, I heard. Yeah, all our audiences had to go to the hospital because their brains were too big for their skulls. <laughs> They took an IQ test and they they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, 132. 132. They 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 saw the the elephants. They saw the gorillas. They knew what they were. Our audience is. I've never taken an IQ test. Oh, I heard that they just showed him pictures or something, and he was able to know what they were. Are you referring specifically to Kanye West? I was referring to the president. Oh, not our future president. Uh, they sh- oh, I think that's not an IQ test. I think that's like your dementia test. Oh, that, sorry, his dementia test. Yeah. I think well, all, test our, all of our listeners can pass the dementia test, and we're proud. And even if it. they don't, it's cool. It's you know cool, what? Guys. Actually, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah it's you fine if you like the movies. It's fine if you got dementia. We don't gatekeep here. We really don't. Yeah. We just appreciate you guys listening. All goofs and gags aside, um, thanks for tuning in. Please keep doing it, and please leave those reviews. Send those emails only if it's positive. If it's negative. You know, um maybe just place it somewhere else yeah maybe in the trash bin. take yeah take that like uh those negative emotions and turn them into art yeah. pick up a, an or instrument or turn a pen them into a monetary donation to patreon to patreon dylan's got the right thing you know what makes um me feel better when i'm feeling angry because i've listened to a podcast that i didn't like um paying them for it i pay them for it <laughs> i give them a little money um just giving you know? makes you feel good why don't right. you take your um, live and chubby you ass and get the fuck off my car Welcome back to Steven Destroy, where we're watching every Steven Seagal movie and or Steven Seagal hosted episode of Saturday Night Live, so you don't have to. I'm James. I'm Dylan. I, I, uh, I, I was going to try and open the show with a, a Steven Seagal uh, version of the racist tweet that got Roseanne kicked off her show. Uh, 
That, that would have been pretty daring of you. <laughs> I couldn't find a, a good way to do it. But <laughs> that's why we don't have a, a, a nice sort of Steven-themed intro this week. I kind of just assumed I'd be able to pull it off, and I didn't look up the tweet. I, believe it or not, I didn't have Roseanne's racist tweet, you know, just stored in the dome. Yeah, and I didn't look it up memorized. until... Uh, I didn't look it up until shortly before we were set to record, and I, I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. <laughs> yeah, it turns out, turns out uh, not easy to, to make uh, Roseanne being racist as, uh, as a good intro into our, our show today, but it is going to be a big part of our show today. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, um, you know, the basic idea of our show is we're watching every Steven Seagal movie. This week, we're taking a little a little break, and we're delving into two of his pretty infamous TV appearances. Uh, the SNL ones, the, the actual, like, cast and crew of SNL at the time have been pretty outspoken that he was the worst host that any of them ever had. Yeah. And apparently, the Roseanne fandom regards the episode Steven Seagal's in as like the worst of the series probably not because of steven steven is uh, barely in it he's in the literal last minute of the the whole episode i uh i got so worried that steven was not going to be in it same actually i like kept double checking um and like making sure i was watching the correct episode and i was like no me and james have talked about this there's a train and there's terrorists i'm like yeah this all seems right uh, so I, this has to be the episode with Steven Seagal in it. I I was pretty okay. I was pretty comfortable that Steven was going to show up. But then when like the credits run, because <laughs> it's one of the things where like it shows like the very kind of top you know credits like who created the show, Roseanne, things like that. And then there's like a little almost like a stinger scene. But I didn't know that. Um, one thing that we're gonna have to get into is that neither of us is very familiar with Roseanne. This is true. So I didn't know how, you know, the episodes were structured. So the credits start coming up, and I was like, did I just watch this episode of Roseanne for nothing? <laughs> was Steven never in it? And uh, one, one thing that, that added to my concern is, according to the Roseanne wiki, some people who appear in addition to Steven Seagal include Mike Tyson. What? Yeah. He's credited in the Roseanne wiki as appearing in this episode as himself. Uh... No, I, 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 you know I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say it. I did not see Mike Tyson in this episode of Roseanne. I'm glad to hear that. I uh, thought maybe I was just wrong. Yeah, but yeah. So we watched Roseanne. We watched Saturday Night Live just to kind of delve in, you know, get a little bit more background on Steven. Also, just because we wanted to, and we're making up all the rules of the show anyway, so you know, we could do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And but I, uh, uh, I, you know what? Just say what you're gonna say because I I don't know if I'm ready to talk about Roseanne yet. <laughs> well, that's that's fine because we have one little segment I wanted to get into first. Oh, good. I need a warm up. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna follow up on a you know discussion we got into last week with a brand new segment. Stephen destroy Magruba dead. Checking in on if Dylan watched the movie. Did Dylan watch McGruber? Did Dylan watch McGruber? The McGruber update. Did Dylan watch McGruber? The McGruber update. Checking in on if Dylan watched the movie. See you in the story of McGruber update. 
All right, Dylan. <laughs> it's time for the Steven Destroy McGruber update. Did you watch McGruber this week? I, I sure didn't. No, I did not. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Dylan did not watch McGruber. That's been the Steven Destroy McGruber update. Thanks for listening. Steven Destroy McGruber update. Checking in on if Dylan watched the movie. Did Dylan watch McGruber? Did Dylan watch McGruber? The McGruber update. Did Dylan watch McGruber? The McGruber update. Checking in on if Dylan watched the movie. Whew. That fucking slaps, man. That's uh it's <laughs> really good. <laughs> well, depending on uh when you watch McGroover, you might be hearing a lot of it. Well, I might I might never watch McGroover if I get to listen to that twice a week. Alright, well don't <laughs> you should you gotta watch McGroover. It's very good. Um, yeah. All right. So Roseanne, first off, yeah. based on this episode and, and just like your prior knowledge, what do you think the show Roseanne's about? Um, uh, I don't fucking know, man. Um, I mean, I assume it's just like a family, like sitcom thing where it's like Roseanne's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like Rose. You know, she's, I, I don't fucking. <laughs> I think she's. It's. It's got like no basic plot. It's just sort of like yeah, here's Roseanne's family. Yeah, it's watch just her like, have her hijinks. Yeah, it's just like we're gonna put you know Roseanne in some situations, and Roseanne's gonna do some stuff, and John Goodman will do some things. And, usually, uh, yeah, usually, allegedly, but, allegedly, but we have no proof of that so far. Um. Because, of course, John Goodman was not uh, in this episode of Roseanne that we watched. No, I, I think most of the main cast was not. I, I um, knew John Goodman. I know Laurie Metcalf, who's in this episode. She's Roseanne's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Sarah Chalk uh, from Scrubs is in Roseanne, but I, I didn't know that. Yeah, actually, She's not in the episode. So. Yeah, now that you mention that, I think I might have known that. I think that might have been before Scrubs or something. I don't know. Point no, it, it, yeah. I mean, it definitely would have been. Yeah. I, 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 again, I don't actually know the timeline of uh, of Roseanne. I don't know what year it was that we <laughs> that this show was taking place that we watched it. Um, well, so the episode itself came out in ni- uh, 1996. Okay. 1996. Yeah. So we're jumping a little ahead with this one. The Saturday Night Live episode, it... Uh, was like the week that Out for Justice, which was our last movie, came out. So we're timing this to Out for Justice with that Saturday Night Live episode. Yeah. The Roseanne episode, whatever. It, you know, could fit in basically anywhere. Yeah, we weren't going to make a whole uh, <laughs> podcast dedicated to the Roseanne episode. Yeah, until after we finish this and we do our next podcast where we watch every episode of Roseanne. Yeah, but that's uh, that's later. And spoilers, by the way. That's uh, Yeah. <laughs> you let the cat out of the bag a little early here i know you gotta keep them you gotta keep them on the hook yeah um so this episode of roseanne let's um what's it about what is this episode about dylan i want you to i want you to kind of just summarize it for me real quick (sighs) so roseanne uh i don't know i don't know where the show takes place normally but Roseanne, I don't either. I, I maybe it's Boston, but 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 Roseanne has been I don't in Boston. Think it's Boston. Well, they uh, well, one way or the other, Roseanne's been in Boston. They're, they they talked about how they've been visiting Boston or something. She has a oh, red, I, she, oh, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, she has a Red Sox hat on, and they're they're on a train to to DC. Um, for some reason, they're I, going I, with I, their, with Roseanne's friend, Doctor Bakshi. Right. 
who right. he's gonna go give a speech to the UN. He sure is. About and somehow he's friends with Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. Uh for some reason. I don't know why the fuck this man would uh be hanging out with Roseanne and, and her family. Uh given given what we see uh from Roseanne's family in this in this show. Uh, Roseanne's uh extremely racist family. Um I should say. Well, uh, her extremely racist mom, I should say. Yeah, as I said, there's one racist grandma. Yeah. And then no other character is particularly outwardly racist. It's just sort of the whole like episode and the whole feel of it, the show as a whole. Yeah, as a whole very uh upsetting and uh racist. Um and so uh the train gets overtaken by terrorists. Um from what what was the name of the country, James? monastan from monastan and uh they're overtaken by uh, terrorists from monastan uh seven terrorists the the monastan seven as i believe they refer to themselves as at, at one point are you what yeah no they, they say that they, they say something like oh they'll always remember the monastan seven or something like okay. that it's right. it's uh it's it's bizarre I counted them and I was like, "Hey, there really are seven of them." Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, <laughs> and they're all—they're all dressed like cowboys and also pirates. Yeah, when they first <laughs> got on the train, I thought that they were going to be just like cowboys. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were going to be just horrific uh, Middle Eastern stereotypes, which I should have. I should have known going in if it was a you know a Roseanne episode about uh trade getting hijacked that it was going to just be a nightmare of stereotypes yeah but, and it's not just that either it's like the way that they are uh, the way that the main uh guy the main terrorist the the big bad guy mm-hmm. uh he he almost seems like <laughs> I, I, it almost just seems like they found this guy like like outside like on the street somewhere and they're like hey man you want to you want to come be a bad guy in an episode of Roseanne because he is like he's like smiling throughout like a large portion of his lines and knows like very clearly that everything he's saying and doing is absolutely fucking ridiculous <laughs> and um it's like I, I wasn't sure like what it, yeah I, yeah we're supposed to be talking about the plot but like I don't know like what the purpose of this episode <laughs> is because like this seemed like like a sketch like parody or something yeah like it would be a dream sequence like at the end of the episode would have roseanne waking up yeah yeah (laughs) one one thing i do sort of know about roseanne and 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 i probably am kind of messing up some of the details Mm -hmm. but i believe that this this is part of the last season of the show this episode yeah and i'm under the impression that a lot of shit happens in this season that's like over the top insane makes no sense and then the series finale reveals that it like the entire series was a book or maybe just the last season but it's all been a book that roseanne was writing and john goodman's really dead and like that's the big series finale twist jesus christ and i might again be messing some of that up the specifics but my understanding is that this like kind of nonsense happens a lot in this season and they just explain it at the end by it being like all a book she wrote hmm well um okay <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know if it helps anything i suppose but... that maybe it helps a little uh maybe, you know maybe there's a whole overarching thing here maybe there's a genius of season nine to roseanne that, that well there's we no know. genius here no there's certainly none here i uh 
I, I really do believe that this is the worst thing that we've watched for this show so far, this specific episode of Roseanne. Yeah. I don't even think it's a question. No, it's not a question. And, like, it's so bad that this might be the worst thing that we watch the whole the whole time. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I know that Steven's got some big surprises for us coming up. <laughs> and we got about approximately, like, 47 or so yeah. left, so. Yeah. But, man, this is going to be hard to top. Um, uh, everything about this was was just awful. Yeah. Do you want to you want to kind of get into it, like into the details? I mean, explaining the whole basic plot of you know the episode—that's like the whole thing. It really is just these terrorists take over the train, and then Roseanne saves the day. Pretty much, but um, yeah, <laughs> she uh, starts doing like cartwheels and shit, and like like mm-hmm. like kicking. She kicks a whole door, a train door down. She gets, yeah. Uh, well, all right, so. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it just a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. So it, it starts, you know, Roseanne's on the train, and, and as we've kind of gotten into, they're going to D.C. with this dude, Dr. Bakshi. Bakshi uh, and for some, we, there's no explanation, and maybe this follows up, you know, like a previous episode where she meets him, but there's just no explanation why they're going with this guy <laughs> to D.C. Um, and, you know, we meet her racist grandma, or Roseanne's mom, who is a racist grandma. Right. And one of the kids who I guess is like Roseanne's son or her nephew, I don't know. He's horny for Chelsea Clinton. Oh, I forgot about um, that. Yeah. I remember because he was like, first thing I want to do is find Chelsea Clinton. And the audience is like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and he, he, well, he talks about like running his fingers through her straw hair or something <laughs> like that. And the audience is like, ooh. The audience, the studio audience is fucking insane. Yeah. The studio audience of this is is ridiculous. It's like they gave them all, like, <laughs> they just gave them all a bunch of, like, cocaine and shit. Just had them totally amped up. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're screaming and hollering the whole time. Ugh. And, um, the, you know, this is going on. They're talking about they're going to D.C. This kid's getting horny for Chelsea Clinton. And then the old-timey cowboys just show up on the train. The accent that they used, I, I don't... I don't know if it is supposed to resemble any sort of an accent, but it kind of just sounded to me like they just were trying to do an accent. It's just like, don't sound like you're American. None of the individual Monistan 7 have like the same accent. They all speak with kind of different accents. Yeah. Um, and they just, they just yell. They just scream. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really talk. They just fucking scream at each other um, and yeah. at everyone else. <laughs> and, and they they make it real real clear real fast yeah. that the that uh the Monastanians hate women yeah like the A very lot. first <laughs> yeah the the one of the very first things they do is uh, yell at Roseanne for speaking at all and then not whispering if she does speak I guess yeah they they say uh that it's a double sin they sure do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really rough. And this is like immediate. As soon as we're introduced to these cowboys, I thought it was going to be goofy. I, I see these people that dress like half cowboys, half pirates. I was like, oh, this is going to be goofy, stupid fun. And then immediately they're like, it's a sin. We only talk to women. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Why did I think this would be any different? Yeah. And that's really that's really the thing that gets me about it, man. Is that like the pirates, cowboy crossover, weird dudes show up and you think like you know man maybe this will just be a little bit of fun maybe we're gonna have ourselves a good time here good old-fashioned 
sitcom good time. But no, it is it is not. It is uh, it is uncomfortable mm-hmm. from start yeah. to finish. They um they tie Roseanne up. They do, and then they uh put the rest of her family in a cart, like a different train car. And there's a like a little bit of um exposition that Dr. Bakshi gives, uh, where he says that the terrorists are after him because he's going to the UN, and in his speech, he's going to denounce their country for human rights violations. Yeah, and then um, Roseanne, who is that? Her son-in-law? Who's who's uh, the, yeah. the guy in the leather jacket? Yeah, he goes. Uh, Let's get one thing straight here, buddy. What's the UN? And then we get a good uh, we get a good explanation about what the UN is. Yeah, I at first when he said that, I was just like, ah ha ha. The joke is he's real dumb. Yeah. But then when the doctor goes into an explanation of what the UN actually is, I was like, oh no. Yeah. They have to explain to their audience what the UN is. Yeah, they're like, oh no, we're real dumb. Uh, <laughs> very sad. Uh, saddest, yeah. saddest scene. Um, in the- I don't know, because we get to another scene <laughs> immediately after that where Roseanne meets a Monastanian woman. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And she, yeah, and she's wearing like what is very obviously supposed to be reminiscent of a burqa. And... Um, God. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh man, we really could have done without including this uh, Roseanne episode in this whole series, but here we, here we are. I know. I just didn't think the Saturday Night Live would be enough to sustain a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was curious. Have been. Yeah. I was curious. Yeah. But Roseanne basically talks to this woman, finds out her name's Soba, um, somehow, even though she doesn't speak English, but Roseanne is picking up what the woman says well, and convinces her. Mm-hmm. Not, not only does she not speak English, they are uh, both wearing duct tape over their mouths. Oh, yeah. And are just grunting at each other. And there, there are subtitles. And so I thought maybe they were both speaking English and that maybe they were able to make out the words that they were humming at each other. Mm-hmm. But not only could they not do not only were they not speaking clear words to each other because they had duct tape on they were speaking in different languages and roseanne was still able to uh to will her uh to to take the duct tape off of her mouth and not, off, off of her hands not only does she you know talk soba into helping free her she like talks soba out of her entire way of life yeah just immediately mm-hmm. um and so Roseanne dresses up in in the, you know, what is supposed to be, I believe, like the cultural or religious garb of the Monastadians that women wear. Yeah. Um, And uses that to, like, infiltrate the train car where the Monastadian 7 are. And uh, this is where we get the very long, drawn-out scene where they all just talk more or less about how much they hate women. Yeah, really, they don't talk about anything else. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're, they're pretty much just like, oh yeah, we're gonna k- kill the 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 guy, uh, Doctor. Um, help me, Bakshi. Bakshi. Yeah, we're gonna Bakshi. kill do, uh, kill Doctor Bakshi. And then they're like, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, you guys ever think about like how much we hate women, like a lot? And then they just they just go off on it uh, for a little like, while. Oh, yeah, women. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the worst. It's oh man, it's. It, 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 <laughs> It's it's part of this very weird thing where the episode is is supposed to be like kind of like a girl power, you know, Roseanne's taking down these misogynists, but it's very hard to make that seem uh I don't know, good <laughs> when it's couched 
in uh, racism. Yeah. But like every single time Roseanne's like, uh, you know, uh, you, you men, I'm, I'm, you know, going to stand up for all the women that you're putting down. It doesn't come off as Roseanne standing up for women. Yeah. It comes up, it comes off as like Roseanne trying to take on uh, stereotypes of the Middle East. <laughs> yep. And it is rough. Yeah. This scene, I think, was the worst part for me because it's just the, it's really just the men talking about like, more or less how much they hate women and getting relatively violent. They talk about like throwing women from planes <laughs> and it, I don't even, Oh my God. I don't even know how people were like watching this and enjoyed it and laughing. Yeah. Um, and it was the nineties, but yeah. But like from what I understand, like a very popular television show. Um, yeah. This was the last season. So. Fair enough. Yeah. And is regarded as the worst episode of the series. And thank God so, for that. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe there are some good episodes of Roseanne, uh, but this true. But this isn't this is not one of them at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, she smashes like a coffee pot on one of them. I think like the big bad, like the leader. Yeah, that sounds um, right. And they chase her down the train, and they're like falling all over each other, and it's just like the goofiest, shitty, like Scooby Doo nonsense. Well, yeah, uh, and I guess we should. I, I the only part about this episode that I actually want to talk about uh, okay. <laughs> that uh, like isn't in, in a way that's like even fun uh, mm-hmm. is, is is these these Rambo uh, fight scenes that uh, Roseanne. Uh, I mean, the episode is entitled Roseanne Rosambo. Uh, yeah, Rosambo. Rosambo. So um, she puts on that- Doc Martens and camo pants <laughs> and a bandana and. Uh, um yeah so there's this whole gearing up montage yeah and, and it, it's set to an iced tea song it is set to an iced tea song yes. yeah that was great and, <laughs> and at one point one of, while she's gearing up she like pulls out two tampons and this is one of the times where the audience goes fucking berserk yeah they're like screaming they just think it's so fucking funny that she has tampons mm-hmm and and you're talking about how this is like the only really fun thing that we could talk about with the whole episode, but this is also more or less the entire rest of the episode. There is occasionally some stuff where it cuts back to her family in the car waiting and they're freaking out, but it's all such total nothing. I didn't even take like notes on it. And I barely remember it. <laughs> yeah. More or less the rest of the episode is just Roseanne taking down these terrorists on this train. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, um, one of the, you, you already mentioned it, but one of the first things she does is she kicks down a door to, to a dining cart. Yep. And she flips the table where two of the guys are eating, and she says, check, please. <laughs> she sure does. Check, please. Yeah. And, and what, what, there's also a lot of this uh, episode where she, like, breaks the fourth wall, where she's, like, looking directly at the camera and will say, like, her quips and stuff. Yep. And I don't know if that's a Roseanne thing or if they're just doing that in this episode. I sure hope it's a Roseanne thing. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed it had to be, but it's so awkward every time she does it, especially because the jokes aren't funny. But Well, a big surprise there. Yeah. Uh. There's a, a good part where she shoots out a tampon like it's a blowgun and hits a guy in the eye with it. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole episode is that she... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she fucking shoots a tampon through a dude's eye, and uh, I would assume blinds him. Um, and it's uh, it's great. It's 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 uh, 
Well, yeah, it's great relative to, to this episode. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's wild. The like climax is her and the big bad guy fighting on top of the train. And I know that I've said in on this show before how much I love a good train fight. Mm-hmm. And I felt like when I said that, it was like some sort of a monkey paw wish. And it was like, oh, you want a train fight? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you get Rose, Roseanne in a horrific racist caricature fighting in front of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that I could recommend something less than, than this episode of Roseanne. Uh, I know that our general philosophy on this podcast is to never watch anything that we've watched on here um but i really cannot urge uh, the listeners enough to please never watch this episode of roseanne yeah i i was watching it and like one thing about me is i fucking love sitcoms and i will just watch through old sitcoms all the time constant i love it i gotta have a sitcom that i'm just like working my way through yep Uh, right now you know i'm watching mash Mm -hmm. i'm loving mash and i i um have in my life thought about watching Roseanne. Uh, in my my younger days, I was a real big Joss Whedon head, mm-hmm. like most people who are in you know high school and getting into movies and shit. Um, and he he wrote on Roseanne for a little bit, and I have in my life still prior to about yesterday when I watched this thought maybe I would check out Roseanne. You know, I know that she is a nut, but maybe you know give it a chance. But based on this episode, I was watching it, and I was trying to think, like, what if I was watching through a series, like, you know, a sitcom I enjoyed, and I got an episode like this? How, how would you recover from that? How do you keep watching? How, how do you? Um, uh, well, and apparently, you know, you could say the question is answered on some level. The, the show got canceled. Uh, or, or the show was was ending after yeah, that season. Yeah, I think season. it was. They already knew that it was their last one. Um, but so we never really got to see long form what an audience would do after <laughs> seeing an episode like this. Yeah, it's wild. Um, the the very end, you know, she kicks. She like kicks the dude in the balls. Right. And then cartwheels towards him and throws him off the train to die to mur- to be murdered. Yeah. Throws him off to murder. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, then she has to lead her family off the train because the train's going to go off a cliff. That's how they're going to kill the doctor <laughs> is by having the train run off a cliff. Yeah. And she's leading her whole family to jump off the train. And uh, right as she's about to jump, it goes over a bridge. And she thinks she's going to die. And um, the FBI, who called her earlier, I mean, it's a whole thing. It's nonsense. No actual plot in this episode matters. But the FBI knows what's going on. They lower a tire to her yeah. from a helicopter, just a tire. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know if that's what they do in real life or it's supposed to be some <laughs> joke because I think part of the show is like Roseanne's, like, you know, real lower class and, you know, like a kind of white trash. And so the joke is like, ah, oh, it's a tire. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have no idea if that was a joke or not. But um, when the train, when the train goes off the cliff and she's being, you know, raised up to the helicopter, she says, "Clean up on aisle four. <laughs> one of the best, uh, one of the, one of the great quips from yeah. from Rosambo. I think that was my favorite part. That or the check, please. I really liked both of them. Check, please was um, really good. For check, me. please was really good. Um, and then uh, we get the end of the episode. She's being like taken care of by the cops and uh some actress that's supposed to be hillary clinton comes to to tell her she's done a real good job yep which was interesting 
to me. Yeah. <laughs> based on my understanding of Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I, I didn't even was, think about I, that. <laughs> I guess it was the 90s. It was 96. So. Yeah. Things, things were different then. But it was just very weird to me how excited she was to meet Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, or this actress pretending to be Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And, um, and th- everyone, and then at long last, yeah, all, all the media mm-hmm. follows, uh, they're no longer interested in Roseanne. They all, they all follow Hillary Clinton out of the room. And at long yeah. last, the thing that we're, that we're here for, this is really, this has been a great sneak preview of our Roseanne podcast, but now, um, <laughs> finally at long last, like, a like a breath of fresh air. Uh, or a ghost in the night. Yeah. <laughs> a specter haunting you while you sleep. A yeah. sleep paralysis demon showing up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, a boogeyman that you just can't shake. Um, Steven Seagal appears into the final scene uh, here of, of Rosambo, where he... Um... Now, before we even get into what he does, yeah. when he showed up behind her... What did you, like, think was going to happen? What did you think the kind of, like, finale of this episode was going to be? I thought that Steven Seagal would be playing somebody that isn't Steven Seagal. Um, because... Oh. Yeah, so I thought he would be, like, with the FBI or something, and he would try to recruit Roseanne into the FBI, uh, much like how Steven was recruited into the CIA and, and above the law. <laughs> it was like, hey, man, nice work out there. Um, that's what I thought was going to happen. Got it. Yeah. I don't, I didn't really have a specific thought, but what happens is he shows up and he says, well done grasshopper. And she is like, it's, um, her response is, is as if she is constantly throughout her life seeing visions of Steven Seagal. (laughs) I expected her to be like, Steven Seagal, is that you? Yeah. But instead she's just like, thank you, master. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say. She had a very nonchalant response to a, a terrorist uh, sticking a gun in her face earlier in the in the in the show. So that's true. Nothing phases Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh, Steven Seagal's here." Let me tell you, if I was a woman and Steven Seagal showed up behind me, uh, we've already seen Rose- what Roseanne's capable of. She could have put a stop to it right then. Yeah. Um, and so Steven just. Uh, says nonsense yeah just says nonsense he, he's just he's, he's just like i practice the art of zen or whatever it is that he says and he chides her for for uh resorting to violence right yeah he says that uh he he says that inside of him is emptiness and, and nothingness and that he gives his opponents nothing um and then he just fades away and in, in into into dust or you know just he just disappears um, right because he's a vision in her head he's a vision. and then uh roseanne breaks the fourth wall again and says what he said and then the episode's over so one of the things that steve says like the last thing he says after he does his whole gibberish yeah. about how there's nothing inside of he says this is the true nature of shunyata right which um i googled and the google you know d- <laughs> definition is the doctrine that phenomena are devoid of an immutable or determinate intrinsic nature. (laughs) 
And I'm sure that I could unpack that further if I, you know, really felt compelled to. And I'm sure that it might mean a lot to some people. But having Steven Seagal say it to Roseanne Barr, I was just like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Yeah. <clears throat> it's And that's it. That's Rosambo. That's Rosambo. Season nine of Roseanne. Classic episode. Considered the worst. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I th- what I think we sh- we'll do is we'll do our usual, uh, you know, sentencing at the end of every episode. We sentence Steven Seagal to some years in, in prison based on, you know, whatever we watched and then add that up in addition to the life sentence he already deserves. And I think that we'll just sentence, do like a combined sentence based on this and SNL at the end. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. All right. But what I think we'll do right now is we'll do one of our recurring segments our award-winning imdb trivia segment um one thing that we have learned doing this is that you can just put whatever you want on imdb nobody cares yeah <laughs> nobody cares they'll just approve it last week for out for justice our fact was steven seagal offered producers one million dollars to take the dog who played garagio home but was turned down over concerns for the dog's safety and this like several of the facts that we've contributed so far was immediately approved. Yeah. <laughs> and for Roseanne, and also um, when we get to it for the Saturday Night Live, there are specific IMDb pages for episodes, but then there's also just the whole series IMDb trivia. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to do episode specific or just the broad series one? Um, let's do let's do the episode one. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Wanted to be democratic. Sure. Although if we disagreed, I don't know who would be our tiebreaker. But the fans, man. The fans, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'd wait. Yeah, we'd save the episode. Be a cliffhanger. Yeah. All right. What are you thinking? What's our uh, What's our little fact or trivia fact for Roseanne episode se- episode nine of season nine Rosambo? Um, <clears throat> let's say that um, Steven Seagal was a massive Roseanne fan. And had her sign his season one through eight box set of the television show um, uh, during the day of filming his cameo. I like it. Yeah, I've actually, I actually have, have been wondering if Steven would like Roseanne. Yeah. Um, Do you think he'd both- ever seen it before? Um, before no. going on the show, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, for watching these movies, I kind of think maybe Steven doesn't watch much TV or film. Yeah. Well, and here's here's another thing. Um, the episode's called Rosambo. Uh, do you think that that pissed Steven Seagal off? I'm sure he did not know the episode title. Yeah. <laughs> do you think if he uh, like, I, do you think he knows the episode title? And, and and if he did, I'm sure it would have pissed him off. I, I am uh, without doubt that it would have made Steven Seagal angry. Yeah, it, it probably. Yeah. Um, it probably would have. Yeah. All right. So we have made our mark. Yet again. Roseanne. Yeah. Yet again. <laughs> All right. Now let's get into the Saturday Night Live episode. This is again from 1991. The week that he uh, that Out for Justice came out. Yep. And uh, has a, has a very stacked cast. Extremely, yeah. Yeah, like aside from like the very early years, I would say that this has probably the most like, um, you know, recognizable, recognize, yeah, yeah, recognizable names. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the list. Yeah, do it. 
got Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Victoria Jackson. Dennis Miller was doing Weekend Update, and I don't know how much you know about Dennis Miller, but he sucks. Oh, I did not know um, that. <laughs> oh, he's a uh, a real big uh, Trumper. Oh. <laughs> Very aggressive, conservative talking point. Uh, very bad. Fascinating. Yeah, I skipped the weekend update. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I did. Uh, I just kind of just kind of watched it. It was like eh, this is something that doesn't have Stephen in it for a minute. I I, I like f- fast forwarded enough to check and make sure that st- even though I was pretty sure Stephen wasn't going to appear, I uh, just went through. Does it that mean that sure. you missed the uh, and spoilers here on the cast? Does that mean you missed the Adam Sandler bit during the weekend update? I did. Oh. I saw that he was doing it, but I was kind of I wasn't too interested. Yeah. It was all right. It was, it was an okay bit. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it was. I kind of thought about it, but I was just like, no. It's the only part that I skipped, though. I just really hate Dennis Miller. And if I, <laughs> and I guess there's kind of like, you know, I skipped the Dennis Miller so I can get to the Steven Seagal stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a fascinating paradox there. Yeah, but I guess until we're doing our uh, sequel to our Roseanne podcast where we talk about Dennis Miller. Yeah. Um, I won't have to. We watch every Dennis Miller weekend update and rank yeah. and rank them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, Mike Myers. Yeah. Huge. Kevin Nealon. Yeah. Chris Farley, Tim Meadows, Chris Rock. And then people who this uh season was like their very first uh season included Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, and David Spade. Yeah. Although David Spade was not in this episode. He wasn't. Although he has a lot to say about Steven Seagal, uh, yeah from this episode yeah he's like one of the most outspoken people about steven being the worst host that they had yeah um and so we can uh, well how how do you want to tackle this how do you want to tackle us i would say like to just kind of go through it you know sketch by sketch i mean um for i was i was actually surprised by how many sketches steven was in yeah i i thought that there was going to be uh a lot of sketches without Steven and there was absolutely more than usual like uh, sketches without the host I mean yeah but I was surprised one by the amount of sketches that did have Steven and two by the amount of sketches that had Steven not playing himself yeah I mean technically he only played himself in one but there was uh, sketches where he didn't play like basically himself you know what I mean like mm-hmm. a, a Steven Seagal character yeah um, but let's just go through it. Let's just talk about each sketch. Yeah, so we start with the Hans and Franz uh, to to lead the show off. Right. Um, and and this is a, another little uh, a, another little weird SNL thing having the guest you know in the cold open. Yeah, they don't, they don't do that that often, and it made me wonder why they didn't have one of the several sketches that didn't have Steven as the cold open, but. You know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, it's I don't know. It's you know, it's it's not the it's not the worst Steven sketch in this uh, in this episode. I guess the Hans. No, I one. would actually argue that it's the best. Yeah. And I think it's because he is literally playing himself. Yeah. But the the whole bit is Hans and Franz are talking about how much they love Arnold Schwarzenegger. And how he's the ultimate action star. Then Steven Seagal comes behind him and is basically like, gonna you know teach him how tough he is. Yeah, which genuinely like makes me feel uh, fear for the safety of the cast at that point. <laughs> that they're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger being the ultimate action star at that point in time. I I I I have to assume 
that this was like one of the ones that he was okay with Mm -hmm. only because it was like about how much better he was and the whole the sketch ends with Hans and Franz being like never mind we love Steven Seagal now we're gonna yeah friendship with Arnold Schwarzenegger over uh, yeah, Steven now Seagal's. Steven Seagal, <laughs> my new best friend. Yeah, they pretend Seagal is their last name now, and yeah, Steven Seagal becomes sure their new that. family. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that he liked that. Yeah, but there, there's a um, I don't know. I mean, that's like the whole sketch. It's just about how strong Steven Seagal is. Um, he does this thing where he tells him to like try and push on his pinky finger, but certainly from the angle it's shot, or maybe it was the quality, I don't know. But it sure looked to me like they were just pressing against his whole hand. Yeah. But they keep talking about how it's supposed to just be his pinky. Yeah, it's pretty goofy. Yeah. Um, we get to the monologue, which is just absolutely fucking wild. Yeah. Oh, man, the monologue. Um, <laughs> the monologue. Um... Steven. <laughs> it's, it's like Steven talks about, you know, like his movies and how he he practices his zen you know he talks just about his whole shtick yeah just like at the end of Roseanne. Said, yeah pretty much and then he uh says he's gonna play a song and oh. plays this like weird kind of like almost blues kind blues fusion sort of version of kung fu fighting yeah and that's it and it's <laughs> it like that's the monologue it like sucks too um, it does suck he barely sings he barely sings. He, like talk sings <laughs> and he sings like out of time and um and it, it, it makes it made it almost like made the band look bad at first and like this is fucking geez <laughs> this is played like play with fucking bob dylan like this is I, you know it's a fucking an snl band so like they're they're mm-hmm. they're great <laughs> and uh and like man it's just, like steven's just all out of time and like it, it's just a sad scene and they've got like uh chris rock and tim meadows and i think some other cast members doing backup yeah and and i was really waiting for the joke yeah well, and, I, I was, and Steven's I was like, like, "What's the joke gonna be?" Yeah, and before they give him the guitar, Steven's like, "You know, pardon me if uh, if I get serious here for a minute." And uh, then he just picks up a guitar and plays Kung Fu Fighting. Yeah, again, I thought that was gonna be like the setup for a bit. Yeah, I thought they were gonna do a joke. Well, <laughs> on the comedy show. Yeah, well, and and Steven sets it up like, you know, there's more to my movies than than just fighting and action. You know, there's like deeper meanings of man versus corrupt systems. And then he just picks up a guitar and plays Kung Fu Fighting. And so, like, yeah. maybe that's the joke. <laughs> but... Um, no, I, I really doubt that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, it's it's wild. Yeah. And uh, after this, we get one of the sketches without Steven. It's just like a little, you know, pre-taped short. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked this. I thought it was funny. Um, it's uh, the Phil Hartman, a little Phil Hartman sketch where it's a funeral home and they make a big deal about how they won't fuck the corpses. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked it. I like Phil Hartman a lot. Yeah. And um, I, I, I thought it was funny. And then we get our first real, like, Steven sketch. Steven's trying to, um, quote unquote, act comedically. <laughs> He's supposed to try and do comedy. Um, and it's one of two sketches where it's set up like a fake Steven Seagal movie. Well, not, not just that. In this one, um, it's uh, his, his, his name is Nico, um, mm-hmm. as it is in Above the Law, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so but that was the last name different. Yeah, the, the last name is different, which was interesting because uh, the whole the fake movie is like Tinelli, one man army. Yep. But they're still calling him Nico. Yeah. 
And the whole the whole sketch <laughs> the whole sketch is basically just Steven Seagal going around this like police station with an awful Italian accent. Mm-hmm. And like worse than uh out for justice. Yeah. And and just he just and he just beats the shit out of people. Yeah, it's just him him beating the shit out of people. It's the second or the first of again two sketches where the joke is just Stephen beating the shit out of people. Yeah, that's the whole punchline. Uh, he he, there's a uh, I I did laugh when uh, he throws Chris Farley down because that's like Chris Farley's whole thing. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, it's a very good pratfall. Yeah, Farley does. Um, you get Rob Schneider being obnoxious. <laughs> and look, man, if there's one thing Rob Schneider does real well it's uh it's be fucking obnoxious yeah it's so weird to me that that motherfucker was on saturday night live i i kind of get david spade i've seen david spade occasionally be funny i think i can't now that i say that out loud i don't know why i think that yeah i have no idea where i'm basing that from but i have a relatively okay feeling about david spade well i mean it's he's cool with me it's easy to have, have uh you know like a better feeling on david spade than rob schneider I, I, it's insane to me watching this, this whole, like, you know, most of the sketch time wise is just him being obnoxious and Steven just so emotionlessly, humorlessly kind of like throwing him around and putting him out windows and Snyder just keeps saying Steven's name, you know, like the Nico over and over again. Like he's like doing a frat bro character. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's it. And it's just that for for several minutes. Yeah, it, and it's, it's real long. Mind numbing. Yeah. it's mind numbing. I was like, this is just. Uh, apparently, supposedly, they tried to stop the episode. Like they realized it was going to be such a disaster, they just wanted to cancel it entirely and not do the episode. Oh my god. Um, and I just I can see why. I can absolutely see why. Yeah, yeah. That um, that sketch was pretty rough. Yeah, I have my note. My last note on that sketch is just, oh, and that's just the sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get our, another one without Steven. That is also, probably not coincidentally, one of the better ones in the whole episode. <laughs> uh, the celebrity salute to every soldier who fought in the Persian <laughs> Gulf War. Yeah. Every soldier gets a special. This was my favorite sketch of the episode. I really liked this yeah, one that, a lot. Yeah, that one was really good. Um, I was a big fan of that one, for sure. I had I had some laughs, like legitimate laughs. Yeah, um, um, I think you, it's my it's probably my second favorite sketch of the episode. Um, interesting. I, I I did. Uh, I was I was a real sucker for the "We Are the World" uh, chickens song. Um, that was really good too. Yeah, easily without question, and it's actually pretty wild. I think the three sketches that don't have Steven, and those are the only three, right? The th- funeral home. I think so. Uh, special for every soldier and the chicken. Yeah, we al- we we almost Steven. we almost got all the way through the Chris Rock sketch without uh, without Steve. Oh my god! Let's just well that that's next, <laughs> yeah. and we can get into that. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's a dark side with Mad X. Yeah, which I'm not super familiar with. I know it's like a recurring Chris Rock character. He did. Yeah, I know that. Um, I know that was like one of his more famous ones from SNL at the at the time. Yeah, I, there's one on a. <laughs> Again, the Phil Hartman SNL DVD <laughs> that I have. I really like Phil Hartman. Great. <laughs> um, so that that's like really my only familiarity with it. And at first, I really didn't think that Steven was going to show up because um, the, the, like, the general structure of the sketch is just, you know, people come on the talk show and they're usually playing characters, like doing impressions. So it'll usually be like, a, you know, a celebrity. Yeah. And I, I would have bet money. I would have put down... Honestly, like anything anybody asked me, I would have bet anything. 
that they were not going to have Steven try and do impressions. Yeah. And it's unfucking believable that they decided that they would let Steven Seagal do an impression. Yeah, they have him play Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Who I'm not super familiar with already, so I couldn't tell if it was a particularly good or bad impression. You know, I'm not that familiar with Andrew Dice Clay either, but I can tell you right now it was a bad impression. Yeah, I have to assume it was because what little familiarity I have, I know that the dude is like coherent. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea what Steven was saying. And I, I have in my notes, he's stumbling over his words so bad. Is that the bit? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people get nervous on SNL, I guess, or people mess up on mm-hmm. SNL. I mean, the cast does it, you know. Um. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I will <laughs> say right now, Steven never outright breaks. Yeah. He stumbles over his words. He's just outright awful, but he never breaks. There's never like anything in the whole episode that's like, I don't know, disastrous. Yeah. Aside from being disastrously unfunny. Right. Um, which I was surprised by. Yeah. You know? I was I was surprised that there's never a part where Steven's just like gives up, throws a fit. Yeah, just leaves the set. But this Andrew Dice Clay thing is the fucking worst. Yeah. I can't believe that they decided to have him try and do an impression. Yeah, this is the this is the bottom of the barrel right here uh, for this episode, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we get update, which again I said I skipped. Yeah. I just really don't like Dennis Miller. Yeah. Uh, highlights from update. Uh, uh, Kevin Nealon's on it for a second and is uh-huh. is pretty funny. He plays a character called like uh, a subliminal man, I think. And mm-hmm. so he just says things and then says other things underneath of his breath. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny. And then Adam Sandler uh, is like a, a tour guide and he talks about his trip to Greece uh, where he stayed in the hotel the entire time. And that's, that's a pretty good. bit. It was a pretty good bit. He was like, oh, they have this really cool candy bars and a bunch of sodas in the room. And I followed a bunch of people back to their rooms, you know, just to see what they were doing. And they, they yelled at me, but I didn't say anything back. It was it was pretty funny. Um, you know, I, I typically don't have positive things to say about Adam Sandler, but that was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a pretty good bit. Well, I don't think anybody would argue that he wasn't good on SNL. I mean, yeah. he, I, I, I've, I've come around pretty hard on Adam Sandler just because like, I've seen him do enough good stuff when he's trying. Yeah. And, and it's very hard for me, honestly, I, I've come around so much on him that it's very hard for me to not be like, look, if this dude could just go on vacation with his friends, get paid a shit ton of money shit to just make a stupid fucking grown-ups on vacation with his buddies <laughs> yeah. like more power to him yeah and more pa- power to his fucking buddies too i mean like yeah. r- like all those Except rob schneider well and that's i was gonna he mention rob schneider it. specifically because rob schneider doesn't deserve anything as an actor no. in hollywood and he does and he makes millions of dollars on those adam sandler movies um, yeah. and you know i guess shout out to kevin james and chris rock and david spade for for realizing that they could just hang out with adam sandler and make grown-ups and get get paid for tons of money for it yeah or fucking uh nick swardson oh god yeah nick swardson <laughs> who, who goes in the rob schneider thing of not deserving it but yeah 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 those two guys have no value outside of and, and even in those movies they have no value but especially outside of those movies nothing. yeah wow and then we get to the we are the world but it's about like free range chickens yeah and once again uh favorite part of the sketch is 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 adam sandler again yep 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 uh he is (laughs) fucking hilarious in this sketch (laughs) yeah doing an axel rose yeah (laughs) it's it's alarmingly good and uh and alarmingly funny and mike myers is uh mick jagger is pretty good i don't know if i'm familiar with that 
like i don't know if i've really seen him do Mick Jagger, so i was yeah. impressed by that yeah he, he um, does well was uh dana carvey supposed to be bob dylan i think it was like way too active to be bob dylan at that point in time but i like would have to assume okay. like i don't I don't think dylan had that much move i don't think dylan's moved that much in like like 30 years but uh i'd have to assume from the voice he was doing he was doing bob That's, dylan yeah i thought he was dylan yeah um, but it's a good sketch. I, I was going to say earlier, the all three of these sketches that don't have Steven are actually, I think, really good sketches. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Like, the funeral home one and the, uh, fuck, the special for every soldier, both of those I really liked. Yeah. And, and Free Range Chickens was really good, too. Yeah. And, and I was, like, surprised. It, it's pretty fucked up, actually, that those three sketches will probably never really get any recognition. Yeah. I certainly wasn't familiar with any of them. Yeah. And all three of them seemed like ones that should be, like, on those, you know, compilation DVDs. Yeah, absolutely. Um. <laughs> I, I the, the Funeral Home one, I was surprised, is not on that Phil Hartman DVD. It, it really is. I really fucking liked it. And the special for every soldier. Yeah um yeah i mean these were three very good bits um but you know they just get buried in the uh in the, I, well, the thing is, is i don't think any of these guys want to remember this episode like the way that they all talk about steven seagal well, remember well phil hartman's dead so <laughs> well came to so the point could... <laughs> but my, my, my point being here is that uh, that you know, be it Sandler or, or, or Farley or, or, well, he's dead too. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, uh <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why my response to Chris Farley being dead was like, Ha-ha. Aha. Uh, according to plan. Uh, but, but, da- <laughs> but David Spade, uh, <laughs> David Spade, especially does not want to remember this episode. Yeah. Um, well, he, he, he doesn't get any sympathy from me for it. Cause he's not in it. Yeah, he, else, he so. is. He, well, he doesn't have you the know chance what, to, man. Maybe that's why man. he's so mad about it. He's like, I didn't even get to be in this fucking episode. And I had to sit around and deal with Steven Seagal. And, and there are three good sketches he could have been in too. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe he was hidden somewhere in the, we are the world sketch, but I didn't see him. So I didn't see him either. He is probably in there, but he's not doing like one of the impressions. So he doesn't get yeah, he doesn't. center stage. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to, I think this might be the worst sketch, I think. The one where Chris Farley goes to meet his girlfriend's parents and Steve plays her dad. This is definitely the most uncomfortable sketch for me um, because you can tell like where the jokes are supposed to be. Uh, uh, can you? Well, <laughs> can you, you? Can, you can because Steven pauses for a really long time and like forces uncomfortable laughter out of people. He... He is so bad in this that I, I couldn't tell if he was even, like, supposed to have jokes. Like, he, he delivers all his lines so poorly. I couldn't tell if they were even written as jokes. I couldn't tell if they wrote him, sh- like, as a straight man and everybody else around him was supposed to be goofy. But that doesn't really make sense for the sketch. Yeah. Well, there, there comes a point where Chris Farley says something like... Uh... Well, because Chris Farley is there to pick up his date to, to go to a dance or something. Yeah. And, and, and the whole thing is he's a big slacker. Yeah. And he's, he's trying. He's a bad boy. Yeah, he's, he's got a leather jacket on. Oh, um, and he smokes. And he smokes. And he's trying for the third or fourth time. Or, you know, it's like implied. It's, it's been a few times now that he's trying to graduate from, from yeah. high school, I guess. And um, he says something like, because, you know, he and Steven are having this remarkably uncomfortable conversation. Uh, uh that's gone on for an incredibly long time. 
And are you? Is do you think that are you talking about in the the world of the sketch or as in, somebody in, in every, watching in every world that that is encompassed in this in this few yeah. minutes of Saturday Night Live? And um, he says something like, uh, "Oh man, your daughter sure does take a long time to get ready." He's like, "You got a problem with that?" You know, he said he had something like that. It's like he's like, "And you know," uh, yeah. and nobody laughs, and uh, everybody is I, clearly yeah. uncomfortable about it because Stephen just is. I don't know, man. Steven's yeah, just there Steven. is actually they give him what would be, I think, a good joke. Uh, it's alluded that he he did assassinations for the government. Yeah, and uh, the mom comes in and she's like, "Oh, is he telling you about when he killed that man in the Philippines?" And Stephen, in theory, is just supposed to be like, "Assassinated, honey." Yeah, and I like that joke on paper. Yep, uh, and, and to the point to where I kind of like chuckled at it. Yeah. Just in my head, you know, like the the joke of what they were saying. Yeah. But Steven, I mean, he just, I think there's a reason why he does not do comedy. And when he does anything that could be considered comedy, at least that I'm familiar with, i.e. like Machete, uh, he's played completely straight. Yep. And might not even know. And I, you know, we'll get into that in like several months. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, very likely might not have even realized that Machete's satire. Um, yeah. Uh, but for the most part, it makes perfect sense. And I am so unsurprised that he has no comedic timing. I still think he, in his life, probably has never had a genuine laugh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really bad. And, and what sucks is that it's not so, like, again, there's nothing disastrous aside from it being disastrously unfunny. And it's almost a bummer. Like, I wish that there was more of him, like, getting fed up or being visibly angry. People aren't laughing. Yeah. Instead, he just he just does he just goes through the motions of everything. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, the, the the only like you get little tastes of it. Like I remember during his monologue, he he says like, "You know me from movies like Above the Law," and he takes a long pause, like people are gonna clap for Above the Law, <laughs> and nobody does, and then he just names the rest of his movies. Yeah, uh, he does <laughs> name every movie he'd been in up to that point. Yeah. Um, which was pretty funny. I, I I I liked that. That was pretty good. It's kind of sad. It's kind of just sad. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, luckily he only had like four movies to name, but he is just like you might know me from Above the Law, Hard Hard to Kill, <laughs> uh, March for Death, <laughs> Out for Justice. Yeah. He's like Out for Justice, and then they all clap. He's like, which is the number one movie in the country right now? And then he waits for them to clap again. <laughs> Um, yeah, poor Steve. Yeah, some real, Not real really. Jeb, uh, Jeb Bush uh, <laughs> vibes in that opening monologue. Yeah, the whole fucking episode. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, and then we have our last sketch. Yeah, which is uh, Brace Steele, Greenpeace photographer. Yeah, and actually, maybe this is the worst sketch. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. This sketch. They're both really bad. Th- this sketch again had uh well and again i think that this this sketch had the worst instance of steven's poor comedic timing uh with you mean like one specific yeah like like one specific line which is the the last line of the entire fucking episode in any sketch now now hold on let's not get to that just yet yeah but that's an interesting point okay the whole sketch basically is that Steven is supposed to be like a, a Greenpeace photographer, like the title says, yeah. and he's like spying on uh, Exxon who are planning an oil spill. Yeah. 
<laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And um, he he doesn't want to be violent with them. He's taught, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe we almost walked past this. Speaking of racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh God, I completely forgot. He's he's the sketch opens with him being trained in like nonviolent photography by Mike Myers, whose uh, impression of a uh, Chinese person, you know, just some sort of Asian person, just in general, yeah, uh, is absolutely uh, fucking puts puts the racism in that Roseanne episode to shame. Yeah. Yeah, Roseanne couldn't have dreamt to have gotten to this point. I mean, he's got, like, makeup on his eyes. It's, I, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's the, the, like, sketch itself, the character itself is so offensive. I don't even know, like, how to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where it's so bad I'm worried about saying the wrong thing, just describing how fucked up this character is. Yeah. I can't believe that he got away with that. We'll just we'll just uh, leave it the same way uh, we normally do with anything uh, on, on this episode or on this show, this podcast that we're not sure about. And we'll just say, uh, per usual, just don't find out for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> again, there's nothing here like worth watching. It's again not like there's like some big blow up. It's everything that would have been interesting was probably behind the scenes. Uh, just as an episode of TV, it just sucks. Yeah. I mean, those three sketches are are not bad. Yeah. And I bet I haven't actually looked into it, but I know if you go on NBC's website, there are some sketches from this episode on there. Yeah. And I I would bet money that it's like the easily those three, and then maybe the Hans and Franz. But yeah, yeah, absolutely no point in seeking out the already very hard to find episode itself. Yeah, and really, the Hans and Franz would would only be for the sake of it being like one of the more popular sketches of the time period. Like, yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, like it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And you know, people go and they're like, "Oh, well, Steven Seagal," and you got to have at least one of the Seagal sketches, and it's easily the you know most palatable. Yeah, it it makes the most sense for Steven Seagal, and I guess it's. I guess it's sort of the thing about it too. And hindsight's twenty twenty, I suppose. But mm-hmm. you know, that's what they tell me. But Steven Seagal is, you know, like the worst movie star to pick to to put on, on I, SNL. I like, know. like you'd have to I you'd know. have to work really hard to find somebody less suited for Saturday Night Live than Steven Seagal. Most of the like athletes that they you know just pluck out of nowhere and put on the show are better than this. Yeah, honestly, I th- you know, you could throw fucking Tom Brady out there. I think they have thrown Tom Brady out there and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I think he's he was be- I know they've done Peyton Manning before and he was certainly better than than fucking Steven Seagal. So I I would say and this is not going to be surprising. Yeah. In in my lifetime that I can remember, the only host I I would compare him to be it as awful would be Donald Trump. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. I, I, I think I, I got the exact same vibe watching the Steven Seagal episode as I did with the Donald Trump one. Maybe the Trump one a little worse for a lot of reasons. Yeah, Trump has a, but, there's a lot more surrounding uh, uh, Donald Trump than, than Steven Seagal. Yeah, the stakes there's a are lot, higher. There's a lot, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot more at stake when they had him on than just having Steven on to promote out for justice. Yeah. But in terms of people who just have absolutely no business <laughs> being on Saturday Night Live. Yeah easily comparable well and it, i suppose it's going to be a, a running thing for uh this podcast like 
comparing Steven Seagal to Donald Trump. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. it's not just because yeah. they're two people that we don't like. It's it, it yeah. it's they really are like it's incredibly similar personalities. Oh, absolutely. Um, very similar delusions and um yeah. Uh it's just yeah. one one of them's a uh, uh got lower stakes <laughs> than than the other and that's the one we're yeah. making a podcast about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the the sketch more or less this you know Greenpeace photographer is like he's spying on them and then they catch him and they're like smacking him around and he's like doesn't want to retaliate because he's been taught nonviolence but then he just sort of decides okay now I'm gonna retaliate yeah they they get the fine for the oil spill reduced and Steven's like well okay and then he just beats them all up yeah and um it's pretty good choreography for, you know, like SNL, just like a live comedy show. Um, the guys are all running around and Steven's throwing them through doors and stuff. And I, I, I was a little impressed by SNL's, you know, yeah. again, like choreography there. Just so I could say something positive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this, and then, you know, he just beats them all up and that's the sketch. And then he says the line that you said was the worst delivery of the whole episode of a joke. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I'm gonna be real, dude. I don't remember what he said though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember he says like that's. He's like that's what happens when you mess with uh, nature. Or something. I don't remember what he fucking says, dude. Very interesting decision to make a big deal, call it out, but well, not what I, it down. well, <laughs> well, what I remember, <laughs> what I remember is him saying it, and then the camera just like zooming in on his face, and nobody knowing what to do. <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, the title card comes up and everybody clapping. <laughs> well, what, so what he says, what he says is, he, he, he walks off after beating them all up and he looks at the camera, dead at the camera, and he says, this is what happens when you pollute the planet. That's right. This is what happens when you pollute the planet. But I did not believe that that was a joke. Steven Seagal is notorious, actually. It's one of those weird things that's very hard to wrap my head around, but he's notorious for his environmentalism. Uh, we're actually, I think, two weeks away from his only directorial feature, um, which is supposed to be like a very <laughs> weird environmentalist, like uh, almost like uh, propaganda. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's very weird to you know, think of him as being so, you know, pro nature and, and things like that. Yeah, pro, pro something I, good. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and. I didn't know if this was supposed to be a joke or if he was actually trying to like make a point. Yeah. Well, and I, I suppose that's the thing is, is watching this and like really not being sure what to do with, mm-hmm. with what Steven's doing. And, and again, they, I mean, they tried supposedly tried to stop the episode. Yeah. And, and I can really see why I've been thinking about it since watching it yesterday and just been like, I like, I, <sighs> I completely understand why they just want, didn't want to do it. Why they were just embarrassed. I mean, it's like a weekly show. You do the week and then you forget about it. Yeah. But God, I understand why they were like, we can't even just go through with this. We have to stop this. Yeah. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be like damaging. Yeah. Um, which is again why it, it's maybe a little bit surprising that they didn't try to just run more sketches without Steven Seagal in them. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they I, absolutely I, I, yeah. could have gotten away with doing that the, the Chris Rock sketch without putting Steven Seagal into the episode, or putting him oh, into yeah, the, that sketch at all. And frankly, you know, it was going pretty well. <laughs> it 
you know chris rock uh-huh. was doing a good job yes as he was known to do and uh they really i bet i oh, bet yeah. chris rock mean, was pissed you mean like the dark side yeah the, the dark side sketch. yeah net x um the net x sketch i'm sure chris rock was fucking pissed off i'm sure they were all pissed off <laughs> but him especially because he was like i've gotten like 60 75 percent of the way through this sketch and then they're gonna throw fucking steven seagal in here to ruin this thing yeah uh, i mean yeah i actually that one thing is very interesting to me uh well not really interesting but i, I did want to say um there's a really good joke in that before steven shows up yeah that i like so much i just wanted to bring it up um he's doing a top five yeah and he's like top five reasons the la cops beat up rodney king yeah which one very interesting to think about how that did occur right around the time that um out for justice came out and out for justice in terms of movies where steven plays a cop who abuses his power is actually not even close to you know above the law yeah. but uh it is very interesting something that i kind of want to keep in mind as we keep watching these movies i don't know how many of them are gonna you know have more of steven being a cop abusing his power yeah. but i was just like oh yeah that did happen like right around the time steven was making all of these movies jesus yeah but one uh one of them was just uh, one of the top five reasons the LA cops beat up Rodney King was uh, they were trying to impress Jodie Foster. <laughs> and I, I really liked that one a lot. That was probably my hardest laugh of the episode. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That one really got me. Yeah. And that's it. So that's, that's it. Saturday Night Live as hosted by Steven Seagal. And this was one of our kind of, kind of you know, ledges to hang on to, one of our rocks as we get swept down this river of Steven Seagal. Yeah. We have these occasional rocks where we can grab onto and we're not watching a Steven Seagal movie. And I got to tell you, I think I would have rather watched a Steven Seagal movie. Um, I don't know if I agree, actually. I think okay. I think that... Be- I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, because there were a few things in this SNL episode that were good that yeah, immediately no, I puts know. above, I'm, I'd say, 95% of what we're going to see going forward. I, I definitely get what you're saying yeah. and have thought... <laughs> about like i've put a lot of thought into whether i could make that statement that i would have rather watched a steven seagal movie yeah but the truth of the matter that's not is, a light that's not a light sentence at all no it is <laughs> but there's something just so uncomfortable about watching comedy bomb yeah that like watching one of steven's you know shitty action movies where he's not there failing in front of a live audience there's just something much less uncomfortable and the roseanne episode is just awful easily worse than any of these movies we watched so far that's true and and i yeah i would have rather just watched a a steven seagal movie and not had to you know suffer through him struggle to be funny (laughs) no i'll I'll unapologetically say i'd rather watch any of the steven seagal movies we've seen so far over that roseanne episode um the only roseanne episode has the benefit of being like 22 yep, minutes. yep that was what i was gonna say it's only only benefit is that it's 22 minutes yeah all right so now let's dig into the imdb trivia for snl oh man i had one and we can you know totally 100 percent riff we can throw out some <laughs> ideas but i actually had one for this okay great um i was thinking like uh Steven Seagal misunderstood what hosting duties meant and showed back up at 30 Rock the next Monday for another week on the job. <laughs> that's that's good. I think I think that that's we should roll with that. All right. 
So I'm gonna type that up. And then, you got anything else you wanna add before we move on into sentencing? Uh, no, I think uh, we don't want to overstay our welcome on the IMDb trivia pages. We should uh, we should put our one oh. our one beautiful green in there. Uh, oh, but you <laughs> no, you mean anything else outside of that? Yeah, yeah, just about the Roseanne and the SNL and um, Steven. <laughs> yeah, before we get to our weekly, you know, uh, <laughs> our weekly sentencing. Our, yeah, and our, then our temperature check. Um, no, I don't think that there's anything too uh, too much more I could add uh, that hasn't been said already about these two. Um, these two programs uh, aside from the fact that uh, it was very interesting to watch uh, all in one week one one thing that was entirely Stephen's fault and one that actually wasn't uh, but these are, these are these are considered two of the worst episodes in each of these programs uh, uh, history <laughs> and uh, um, it really is just beautiful that Steven Seagal is a big part of at least one of them um, and, and it is a part of the other one as well so um just wanted to point out how much i enjoy that yeah they definitely i I think they're a good kind of double feature um obviously not like a good in the sense of (laughs) good or enjoyable but they pair together pretty well um and i would also just like to say uh at a a very unusual uh turn of events for steven destroy because we did one of our trivias in the middle of the episode I can approve by the end of this episode that our Roseanne trivia, Steven Seagal was a massive Roseanne fan, and how to recite his seasons one through eight box set has already been approved. Hey, there we are. We're in the canon. And, um, you know, I also try and pick up some gems from the IMDb trivia. There's not really anything for the episode-specific ones. The SNL one says that Steven Seagal is banned for, you know, hosting because he sucked. And the Roseanne one just says that the title Rosambo is a reference to Rambo. <laughs> Yeah. So there's not really Oh, there. that's what it's about. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. That's smart. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. I've changed my mind. It's actually a good episode. Yeah, now that I think about it, it's a really good episode. All right. So let's do sentencing. We're going to do a joint sentencing. And this is also really the first time where we kind of have to weigh, are we sentencing Stephen for his role in these? Are we sentencing him, particularly with Roseanne, for just being involved in something so uh, both just awful and also very racially insensitive. Yeah. And so and that, that applies, I guess, to both the SNL as well. Yeah. And that, that makes it, that makes it quite difficult for me because like, mm-hmm. um, I think that that Roseanne episode is, it should almost be a life sentence for everybody involved. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but Steven's not really involved. Um, no and so for that like a part i I feel like i could just give steven like a year like community service for that um okay well we aren't doing any of this like you're always trying to do this like parole community (laughs) service community service was was a guideline that we talked about very early on i don't know if it was on the show but we did mention community service as being i know but as as we're totally this up i As we're totally this up, I can't just be like, all right, life plus 48.5 years plus 30 hours of community service. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> there are no rules I guess, here. I, I guess that's true. I did say at the very beginning of the episode, we're making up the rules yeah. and we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Sentence them how you, how you see fit. Okay. Parole, though, I can't really combine. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, little, that's fair. That's, that's fair. like time serve specific. Yeah. But we, we won't. Uh, community service. I won't include any more paroles. That's, that's fair. Um, so all because I just have a very complex, uh, 
you know, uh, sentencing system in my head. Um, I know, I understand. You're taking it very seriously. Yeah, this is very important to me. Um, because something that a lot of people, a lot of our listeners don't know is that when this is over, uh, Steven Seagal actually does get the sentence that we give him. Yeah, we're going to serve him a subpoena ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we're going to show up at his Citizens door. Citizens arrest. Yeah. Um, so, with that in mind, I think for Roseanne, um, I'm going to consider it like him being like an, an, an accessory to a murder. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give Steven Seagal 15 years or so for, uh, we'll say 15 years for the Roseanne episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't, I just can't let it go. I can't, yeah. I can't let, I can't let it look on my, uh, on my sentencing sheet. Somebody, some poor soul who has both listened to our episode and seen that Roseanne episode and, and been like, Oh, only community service for that one. No. You know what? Yeah. If you're involved with that shit, you got it. You got to take a hard fall. And then SNL is his fault. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> SNL, uh, there were a lot of good people involved besides, uh, was it Dennis Miller? Um, yeah, Dennis Miller. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of good folks involved except for him, apparently. Um, and Rob Schneider. And Rob Schneider. But really, what's Rob Schneider's crime is only just not being funny. Um, I bet. I bet that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, but as far as we know, we can't. We can't try him for a crime we don't know that he's committed. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll wait until we do our, <laughs> our Rob Schneider, Rob Schneider <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. Before we start, you can do it. The Rob Schneider podcast. <laughs> see, I'm very. I'm. I'm truly proud that though I know that that is a Rob Schneider reference, I have no idea what that's from. Um, I think it's the longest yard. I think it's the longest. Really? Yeah, I think that's the longest. Oh wow! Round. Yeah, I would have thought it was from like one of one of the more classic Sandlers, um, like a Water Boy. Uh, nah, man. Uh, in my in my house, growing up, every Adam Sandler movie is a classic Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, After watching uh, Uncut Gems with my family, I found out my dad really likes Happy Gilmore. Oh, really? Which was interesting because he hates Adam Sandler. Oh. That is actually um, very bizarre. But yet he was like, the only good movie he ever made was Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Wait, and the only oh, thing- Happy Gilmore. Okay, sorry. I got I got it mixed up with Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot of weird. Yeah, that'd be so much weirder. My dad loves the goofy boys. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's uh, Happy Gilmore. The only thing he talked about liking was uh, the part where he gets in the fight with Bob Barker. <laughs> Yeah, a classic. But he liked he liked that so much that he he likes Happy Gilmore, and he says that that's the only good movie Adam Sandler ever made. Wow, Uncut Gems didn't change his mind. Oh, he didn't actually watch Uncut Gems because because he refused to. Yeah, because he's a Happy Gilmore purist. Yeah, exactly. Okay, he he didn't watch it with us. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Okay, SNL. you know, this might just be a result of we've done this for a little while now, mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe Steven's starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I could, uh, I could, I could see how that might happen. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm going to look at this SNL episode like this. It's like we have one of the greatest casts that the show ever had. Um, I would say. Yeah, and, I mean, whether uh, I think a lot of people in terms of greatest, I mean, yeah, just absolutely a wild list yeah. of recognizable names. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fucking stacked. Um, and uh, Stephen takes that cast and renders them uh, uh, 
helplessly unfunny for yeah for just a, absolutely <laughs> impotent for an hour and one thing i was going to say uh, this is the one thing i forgot to add is that michael bolton is better in this sketches in this episode than oh absolutely than steven seagal to the point where michael bolton should have just hosted and been the musical cast <laughs> I, I, has he has he hosted I that's, think that's a good question have. actually I I wouldn't be surprised if he has hosted, yeah. but yeah, he is easily. I mean, yeah, he's without a he's, doubt gonna he's, he's, has he's, more comedic timing yeah. and just like overall kind of better sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. So for that, uh, for the fact that Steven Seagal uh, was was a poor influence on on a great cast and and uh, brought a good group down, uh, I'm gonna say Steven Seagal's gonna get 20 years in prison for this SNL episode. Um, he he did something truly awful. Uh, and, and so you're going with 35 total. <laughs> 35 total years for what we saw here today. Um, Oof, Stephen, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> I bet you were thinking that <laughs> that this would be a low stakes episode for you, and you were very wrong. Um, this was the highest stakes. I took this one personally. Plus, I would say that the SNL episode and the Roseanne episode are the worst things that maybe we've seen so far. I'd still rather watch the SNL than any of the movies. Um, but I think that they're the worst Steven. They're the worst Steven Seagal we've gotten. I would. Say. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Even though I did say I would rather watch one of the Steven movies, it's like I would rather watch the Steven, even though it's worse because it's just less uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what I mean. Is it like at least Steven's like in his depth when he's being bad in an action movie, um, but in in SNL. I just have to punish him more severely. He shouldn't have been doing this. Uh, this was this feels like a crime to me, um, and and so yeah. No, I I mean I am going to kind of follow suit. I'm not going to be as harsh as you. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with a combined twenty five. Combined twenty five. Yeah, I mean that's still I think, still pretty harsh. I think. I, yeah. Yeah, de- I mean easily right now. The, um, we've each given him ten years, and that's so far the highest we've given him for anything you gave him 10 years for above the law which i hope in hindsight you understand was foolish (laughs) oh yeah but it's the first one it's like how can how can i I, know yeah Yeah. i understand but i i Um, foolish or not like i've said i'm gonna stand by every one of my picks (laughs) (laughs) and i gave him 10 years for hard to kill yeah and i think that i would say that maybe the snl is better than hard to kill but hard to kill you know what? Maybe I wouldn't rather watch Hard to Kill. I don't know. I don't want to watch any of them. <laughs> yeah. It's just as simple as that. Um, so we are, after adding on uh, a total of 60 years <laughs> to Steven's sentence. Fuck it. With uh, SNL and Roseanne. Yeah, fuck it. I honestly, I think that the Roseanne episode on its own could warrant 60 years. I think that it's only because we're sentencing Steven Seagal personally that. Yeah. I no. I, I, um, I think I, I basically am just stealing your like 15 years for that Roseanne. I think that that makes perfect sense. Him as an accessory to something horrible. Yeah. It's not his fault, but the thing itself is so bad. He has to take some heat, some serious heat for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then SNL, I think is low stakes enough. Although I, I get your point about the cast and everything to where, 10 years seems kind of good for me. Yeah. But we're going to add 60 years <laughs> onto the sentence, which is going to more than, uh, not counting the life sentence that he already deserves, it will more than double the sentencing that we already had. Yeah. Last week after Out for Justice, we had him at life plus 48.5 years. And we are ending this week with Steven Seagal at life plus 110.5 years. 
<laughs> Great. Which, uh, again, five weeks in, many weeks left to go. I think that we're going to end up with Steven serving quite a long time in prison. Yeah. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, this is something we can talk about or think about in, in that I think that when it's all over, we, we should add another sentencing for the the collective filmography. Um, and, like a final sentence? Yeah, like a final sentence. Interesting. Yeah, because Interesting. a year from now, like what do we think Steven Seagal is going to deserve for the psychological toll that he's taken on us at that point? And I think that the cumulative effect of the movies deserves a sentencing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm on board. Let's do it. Cool. All right. And then one last thing we do is your uh, weekly motherfucker cat. <laughs> well, you guys will all be surprised to know that Steven Seagal said the motherfucker. Shit, dude. You know what? I might have to go back and watch that Chris Rock sketch again because they bleep him a bunch of times. And I wonder if they're, we were supposed to uh, insinuate that he said motherfucker at any point during that. Uh, eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to count it as zero. Yeah, I'm going to count it as zero. Um, That's going to give us a hat trick now. The last yeah. three things we've watched, no motherfuckers. You know, Steven when we start getting to the direct, when we start getting direct to DVD, I'm, I'm hoping for a big spike in motherfuckers. And we're getting close. We are getting close. Yeah. The drop is coming. seven movies before we're hitting that direct to DVD. Damn. And then once we hit direct to DVD, it is more or less just direct to DVD city. Yeah. For uh, 22 years. Fuck. His his first direct to DVD was The Patriot in nineteen ninety eight. So Good Lord. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about what we have set out to do this week? You know How are you feeling about what we have set out to do this week? Not what we have set out to do this week. I, I feel um I, I feel like I have some sort of connection to perhaps somebody who was living in the early nineties and was watching these Steven Seagal movies and thought like, Oh my God, this, this sucks. And saw him on SNL and was like, Jesus Christ, this, this sucks. <laughs> and like, I feel like the helplessness that like a critic or, or just a movie fan might have felt in the early nineties, knowing that there was nothing that they could do to stop Steven Seagal from making 22 <laughs> more years of movies. <laughs> Oh no! This twenty-two. That's from nineteen ninety. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Another thirty years, uh, roughly, of movies. Twenty-eight years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel today. So helpless. Helpless. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I actually, I did better this week, um, just in terms of having to watch a Steven Seagal, (laughs) not movie this week, but you know anything with Steven Seagal. Uh, I definitely did better than last week in terms of just having to accept that. And next week is going to be Under Siege, which is pretty, you know, widely acknowledged as his best movie. Yeah. It's a real movie. It's got Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey, but it was the early 90s, so that's still a positive (laughs) in terms of it being a movie. Yeah. Um, There's a whole other podcast there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's after Roseanne, (laughs) Dennis Miller, and Rob Schneider podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to start running them concurrently. That's true, yeah. yeah. We'll get seven, so it's one every day of the week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what, actually? No, mm-hmm. no, thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'll have to, I'll hire a stand-in. Oh, all right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, next week's Under Siege. 
I'm feeling okay about that. I am too. I'm feeling okay about Steven right now. I would say that I'm doing all right. It's fine. Yeah. I don't mind it. The fact that we have, uh, you know, still close to a full year of this left is not something that has really settled into my brain. So it's all fine. Yeah. I would say that right now, um, you know, if, if, if I were seeing all these movies, um, and like, I, I guess coming back to like, if I've seen them all as they were coming out, I think maybe I'd be a little bit like, I, I would feel very like neutral towards Steven Seagal at this point. I, I would think like, I don't like that guy's movies and he seems like an asshole, but like, uh, he, he hasn't, he hasn't been, uh, harmful in, in the cinematic world quite, quite yet, uh, aside from Roseanne, but that, that's kind of hard to calculate because that's technically quite a few years on from where we are. Yeah. Um, we're jumping around in the timeline. Yeah. We're, we're, we're really messing with things, <laughs> messing with things outside of our control now. All right. You got anything you want to add or you want to be done talking about Steven Seagal for a week? You know, I think that I can probably tap out today. All right, my man, that is going to do it for Steven destroy this week. Next week, like I said, we gonna be doing under siege and we're going to see if um, maybe Steven can possibly be redeemed. But or at my least bets on no. Maybe Stephen can just have one shining moment. Yeah. Maybe he can be tolerated. Yeah. Maybe he can be put up with for an hour and a half and like have me not only be happy that it was an hour and a half long. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to take us out? Uh, I'm James. <laughs> yeah. He's still James and I'm still I'm Dylan. I'm James and he's Dylan. You want to take us out? I guess. Um, Look, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. We could get we could get a new outro. Can can you just think for a moment about the phrase "you don't have to do it if you don't want to"? <laughs> Why? Can you think about the implications of saying that to me during this podcast? During <laughs> during a podcast in which we are willfully watching every single movie Steven Seagal has made <laughs> because we because we don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, that you do have to do. You have to watch the Steven Seagal. True. We made a pact. But that's true. But no, I think that me not wanting to do this intro is very much in the spirit of things, or this outro rather is very much in the yeah. spirit of things. I think that it it fits the mood. All right, then take us out. Um, as usual, we uh, we appreciate um, all of our uh, ardent listeners and uh, our rabid aggressive fan base. Yeah, um, sometimes a little too aggressive. We would like it if maybe you could stop sending so much fan mail. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we do appreciate it. And more hate mail. Yeah, actually, if you could send us more hate mail, we would uh, actually enjoy that more. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it. That's been Steven Destroy, and uh, as usual. Um, uh, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively, chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. <laughs>